0: Lots and lots of spoilers.
1: Welcome to the final episode in our series, I Made From TV Love You. Today, we are devoting the entire episode to the lyrical, metrical, and subtextual qualities of the immortal theme song for the television program on which today's movie is based. Scooby-Dooby-Doo, where are you? We've got some work to do now. Now, clearly, the initial lyric introduction harkens to the so-called scatting of one Mr. Francis Sinatra. Immediately, we are faced with the question, where are you? Which forces the listener to confront their own sense of self and their relationship to the world around them. Immediately following this existential question, we are reminded That we all have work to do, we all have a purpose in this life, and the time to fulfill it is now. Scooby-dooby-doo, where are you? We need some help from you now. Note the careful use of repetition to emphasize the importance of questioning our place in the greater scheme of things, followed by a reminder that we cannot find our purpose without help. Now, turning our attention to the bridge of the song, we wait, wait, find that a lot of the facts. What, what? what? How
0: much material do you have about the theme song to Scooby Doo, Where Are You? Well, oh, just about two and a half hours. But I, that, I mean, no. I really just barely scratched no. the surface. No. And
1: there... no. <laughs> oh, no. But I. Bumpy, get in I'm here been... <laughs> right no, now. No. <laughs> nope. Keep that horse away <laughs> from me.
0: Existential <laughs> angst. What well, the but hell is wrong with you? This is a serious. No, it's not. It's a
1: kid's Uh, cartoon. Fine. This is a movie based on a 60s cartoon that has never really gone away. We got four 30-something meddling kids and the abomination before man and God that is their sentient canine slave with a speech impediment, driving around in a psychedelic 60s van, interfering with some of the dumbest criminal schemes ever invented. And they made a movie about it. Happy?
0: Yes, I love (laughs) Scooby-Doo.
1: It is amazing. Of all the Hannah, I think, I, I think it's safe to say, of all the Hanna-Barbera cartoons, Scooby-Doo is the one that has been the most persistent. It's been out for over 50 years. It has never... Some version of it has constantly been available.
0: I think that there the only one that would match them is the Flintstones, which has been out for over 60 years.
1: No, no, but the Flintstones, they've tried a couple of minor remakes. You know, they... Flintstones, Kids, and a couple of movies. I mean, there have been new versions of Scooby-Doo every decade f- since 1967. Nine. Everyone. There have been Scooby-Doo, where are you, Hey Scoob, uh, Scooby and Scrappy-Doo. Scooby-Doo the new Scooby-Doo Mystery- movies. <laughs> the new Scooby-Doo. Oh, God. never. Mind, I'm not even talking about the straight-to-video movies where they show up with Kiss or... The, the Scooby-Doo uh,
0: movies were actually on TV, and that's where we got to okay. to meet the Adams Family and Davy Jones and Batman.
1: <laughs> but there were also a ton of straight-to-video ones. Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island, sure. Scooby-Doo and The Witch's Curse, Scooby-Doo and WWE Superstars.
0: I will only point out that you happen to know all the titles of said I Scooby-Doo do. movies.
1: I am not proud of this. Yeah. Uh, well. However, but before we get to this... Last week's poll question.
0: Ah, poll question. Mmm, delicious, juicy, mm. Oh, Andy, poll <laughs> question.
1: <laughs> Sit down, Floyd. <laughs> what, what movie have you seen the most times, and how many times have you seen it? And we mean actually sat down to watch the movie, not like had it in the background or channel flipped. And we got quite a few responses to this. Hmm. Nick Hoffman tells us, Star Wars, as in Star Wars, before there were episode numbers, now known as Episode Four. The summer it came out, I saw it so many times, I lost count. All right, that's kind of cheating. I, but Why is it cheating? Steve, because he doesn't have the actual count. That's fine. So I mean, we just asked what bu- the
0: one they'd seen the most. Only though,
1: half bumpy bucks for Nick. <laughs> uh, Steve Harvey, Children of Men. Oh, boy. Probably ten times. I find it prophetic, beautiful, and heartbreaking. It's almost depressing as hell.
0: Uh, hey, Steve, he's, M- he's a first-time responder, too.
1: Yep. Way to go, Steve. Brian Mundo tells us the fifth element, probably twenty times. One of my all-time favorites, and I'm not a movie kind of guy. Uh Angelo Opatzalis oh, chimes in with, wow, I thought I was the only one who watched it so many times. Yeah. Uh uh Mike's Janetto mate, Valerie Coons.
0: <laughs> She's my sister.
1: <laughs> yeah. Your, my, your daughter, your sister, your daughter. It's Chinatown.
0: Oh. She's definitely my sister. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The first one that comes to mind is What's Up, Doc? I've lost count of how many times I've watched that. All right, still not fair. And it's a movie I'll never just put on in the background. Another one that has to be up there is The Wizard of Oz. Mm. When I was a kid, it came on TV once a year, and I never missed it.
0: Yeah, that was an important one, because it used to be For us growing up, the TV, or movies that were actually shown on TV, with lots of commercial interruptions, were often a a once-a-year thing, and The Wizard of Oz made a big deal of it. It was sometime in the spring, I think it was Easter-ish.
1: Yeah, they made it like it was an event.
0: Right, and so you would tune in, because that was the only way you were going to see it. And as a kid, you loved watching that film. Um, But
1: yeah. Dave gives us a whole list. Movies I might have seen ten times and would see again. To have and have not, Ooh, yeah. diner, huh. Harold and Maud, hmm. wow, Wait, a fish called a, Wanda. I'm seeing a,
0: a pattern here.
1: Yeah, a fish called Wanda, Swing Time, The Thin Man, and North by Northwest. Wow, those D- are some serious ones.
0: Does he mention the Harvard
1: Square Theater? Because I'm just he like, does, he, yes, he does. He, <laughs> yes, this had to do with the fact that these were ones that were shown a lot at the Harvard Square Theater, which he lived right near.
0: Yeah, yeah. And Dave, but by your, the way is still not a spy.
1: Definitely, under no circumstances, not a spy. Stop asking. Yeah. Richard Tatum gives us a whole list and some very specific numbers. The Fifth Element, which he's seen 10 times. Zardoz, seven times. What? <laughs> yeah, Zardoz. Okay. John Connery in a red Speedo, Zardoz. Hmm. Casablanca, 15 times. Sure. Singing in the Rain, 20 times. Wow. Citizen Kane, fifteen times. That's that's an effort. Star Wars, fourteen times, and Robin Hood, specifically the Errol Flynn Robin Hood, twelve times, as in "Don't you worry, never <laughs> fear, Robin Hood will soon be here."
0: Here's a wrinkle Errol never never thought of. <laughs> yeah, nine um, times.
1: Hmm. Bruce Hare Junior. Her start her. It's it's spelled hair. I know it's German hair. H A R E. Uh, Star Trek Four by a long shot, at least a dozen times. Christine Santos says, Ace Ventura 2. I oh. even know the damn script from memory. I merely lost count of how many times I watched it. Wow. Two. Hmm. Interesting. H- Ventura. I could, yeah, that's, that's the one, I one where not he have gets pooped that. out
0: of a robot rhino, Get right? Out
1: of a rhino, yes. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, Pete Krychek. He gave us quite an answer. I've seen Enter the Dragon so many times when the 40th anniversary rolled around in 2013 and they played the movie in select theaters. Me and a bunch of other Bruce Lee fans went and recited almost the entire movie like it was the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And he gives all but the... Don't think. Feel. It is like a finger pointing the way to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger or you will miss all the heavenly glory. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, I bet that went over well.
1: Oh, yeah. Well done, Stinky. And uh, our international contingent, Vince, Mm. I saw Star Wars well over 100 times in the cinema, I admit it. Wow. I would sit through two or three showings so I could see it more. More than my friend Lisa across the street could. Metropolis might be a close second, though I watch it at least two times a year still. Wow, you put yourself through... Vince, jeez, you put yourself through a, a Fritz Lang movie twice a year? Mm. Wow.
0: I mean, it used to be, so, Star Wars is is a, an outlier in a number of different ways. When Star Wars came out, we used to have these things called second-run theaters, and also there was a lot fewer movies coming out. Mm. I didn't see Star Wars, it came out in May of 77, I didn't see it till February of 78. I oh, just really? didn't get around to it, and I don't know why I didn't go, but I didn't. But the following summer of 78, whenever we were bored and had nothing to do, we'd literally just go, eh, what do you want to do? I don't know. Want to go see Star Wars again? Okay. <laughs> and we'd just go, because it was a buck yeah. and a half. So yeah, yeah. it was a thing. Um, that's it? all so our answers, though, right?
1: Yep, yeah, that's it. Thank it's, you all very much. There's bumpy bucks aplenty hitting your way, just in time for holiday shopping.
0: But Max, and, uh, yes, what, what was, film have what, you seen so many times that you have a count or you've lost count?
1: Ah, uh, boy, I would have to say it's probably Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I used to make a point of having seen it at the number of times I saw it equaled my birth, my age. Oh, uh, I stopped doing that after I think when I hit thirty-two.
0: Ah, why thirty-two? Uh,
1: I, I was like, okay, I have the film memorized. I, I don't really need to see it for a while. I did see it again later, but uh, you know, had to let you know a little senility creep in, so I forgot some of it.
0: Well, it was also one of the perennials at the Harvard Square, so you could actually yes, see it, it on was. a big screen.
1: I mean, I would almost quote the Rock, say the Rocky Horror Picture Show, because I worked at the Harvard Square and I used to work the midnight shift on for on the weekend, so I would end up seeing a lot of it every week. But I can't really say I saw the whole movie, although from start to finish every time. Mm. That I probably saw total all the way through. I don't know, twenty, twenty-five times. What about you? What's, what's your high number? Well, thanks. Star Wars?
0: It is not. So thanks to certain friends who shall remain, well, you, I used to get in <laughs> free to the Harvard Square Theater on Friday and Saturday nights to see Rocky Horror. Uh, there's another uh, friend of ours whose name is Dan, and he was also a a uh, usher. Um, usher, usher, throw these rowdies out. He was an <laughs> usher at the Harvard Square Theater, or as they used to say, the Harvard Square frisking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so often I had nothing to do Fridays and Saturday nights, and I would just go either once or twice. Um, I honestly don't have a number because it was, I don't know, I, mean, I don't know how long either of you worked there, but it was this every weekend for probably a year or two. So I don't know, 50, 60 times? Wow. Always in a theater. I've only seen it once on video. And let me tell you, boy, does it lose oh. a lot.
1: <laughs> It does. I've done that, too. That's a mistake.
0: If you have a chance, don't watch Rocky Horror on anything but a big screen with a crowd of people. It's not Preferably
1: it. at midnight.
0: Yeah. With a bag of rice, a squirt gun, a newspaper, and some toilet paper. Or and a, a bagel.
1: bagel. Yep. <laughs> that's
0: a local line, but yeah. So, yep. so I'm going to go with Rocky Horror. After that, What's Up Doc is way up there, and I never ah. just have it on in the background. I always watch it. Because um, that's the first movie I saw in theaters that I actually remember well. Um, that yeah. and "Chitty Chitty Bang Bang," um, yeah. So that's that's our answers. But uh, cool. we have a new question, don't we?
1: Yes, we do. Ooh, new question. What? What historical accuracy in movies or a movie specifically, or in general, whether it's narrative, costume-based, technological, or anything else, really hacks you off every time you see it? You know, is there just something you get wrong, like? Well, for me, it's always Sherlock Holmes using an iPad. I'm sorry. That just doesn't doesn't fit Victorian um, England. Name
0: Everyone the Everyone knows
1: Sherlock Holmes u- used Android tablets. We all know that. Um, <sighs> yeah, but you get the idea. So what what is it? What really gets up your nose? Let us know. Let us know and earn heaps of bumpy bucks. Yes, the crispy cereal thing that doesn't NFT. Okay, I got nothing. All right, <laughs> shut up. It's a
0: cryptocurrency that tastes as good as candy. There.
1: (laughs) Yes. And now let us get to Scooby-Doo the movie, the 2002 version. Yeah. Trivia. Live action. Trivia. The show. Budget, $84 million. What?! Yes. Eighty four million dollars. Million dollars US for in, in two thousand two. <laughs> I mean Well they oh. filmed a lot of it in Queensland, Australia, so I assume it was for anti venom for all the poisonous things that bit all the crew members. Because okay. in Australia, everything is poisonous. Yep. That's their official slogan.
0: Including the Australia. beer.
1: <laughs> Even the beer. The gross, what do you think? How much do you think this movie made?
0: Well, unfortunately I happen to know there was at least one sequel. I'm yeah, gonna guess two hundred and fifty million.
1: Very close. Two hundred and seventy-six million. Oh, God. Yeah, wow. Hence hence the inevitable sequel. There was a third, but I think it was like on the Disney Channel or something. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the screenplay was written by James Gunn, as in Guardians of the Galaxy, James Gunn.
0: <laughs> Oops.
1: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, well. This movie is one of those things where we never, we'll never never really know what it was going to be because it was one of those movies that ended up being really jumped up and down on by the studio.
0: Wow, you'd never know.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can never tell this thing was focus grouped almost out of existence. It was originally set to have a much darker tone, basically poking more fun at the original series, and it was going to have a PG-13 rating. Shaggy was going to be an actual stoner. Velma and Daphne had a relationship going on, and there were a lot of weed references. There's still yeah one. after yeah after uh, the cast had signed on, that's when the film got changed and became more and more family friendly. <laughs> yeah, okay. The original cut of the film got an R rating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know how.
0: Hmm, I wonder if that's available anywhere.
1: That would be something. Yeah. Uh, the director wanted a real-life couple playing Daphne and Fred, and he got them. Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prinze, who were dating at the time and are now married with two children.
0: Oh, Freddie Prinze! They originally Jr. didn't want to
1: do. They didn't want to do the movie. Neither of them did, or at least Freddie really didn't, because he loved the cartoons, and he he was sure, he was sure the movie wouldn't live up to it. And <laughs> the missus <laughs> talked him into it.
0: Yes, this $84 million movie cannot capture the deep essence and the underlying angst of the original 1969
1: Hanna-Barbera kids' cartoon. Indeed, indeed. (laughs) Uh, This is one of the few Scooby-Doo films to reveal the actual uh, name of Shaggy, which is Norville Roberts. Sure. Or Rogers, excuse me, Rogers. Norville Rogers. And that Scooby, according to this... Scooby's first name is actually Scoobert.
0: (sighs) Scoobert Dubert?
1: Scoobert J.
0: Do, if that really is your name.
1: Yeah. Uh, When Daphne is trying to get Shaggy and Scooby to go up to the castle with her, Shaggy objects. She says, like Scoob and me don't do castles, because castles have paintings with eyes that watch you and suits of armor. You think it's a guy inside that follows you every time you turn around. Everything he describes happened in the very first Scooby-Doo episode, What a Night for a Night.
0: Yes, that was with the Black Knight.
1: Yep. Uh, There was an alternate opening that was animated, showing the cartoon versions of the character, but it was cut for time. Uh, There was also a sequence, that sequence would have used a rendition of the original song from Scooby-Doo, Where Are You?, the 1967 or 1969 version. 69. By the artist Shaggy. Ah. How appropriate.
0: I just have to interject you real quick. Yes. Dr. Najib. Anyway <laughs> <laughs> It was the first villain.
1: Uh, <laughs> Frank Welker, oh, who voiced he Clark. has voiced uh, Freddy in all of the Scooby-Doo cartoons. He actually does a voice cameo in this as one of the evil creatures. In other words, his line, I think is,
0: A lot of his lines are like that. He does yeah. a lot of noises as well. Hey, did you, uh, did, you, did you bring up Casey Kasem, just out of curiosity?
1: I'm about to get there, to ah. a little of something about him. Yeah, Shag, uh, Shaggy was voiced, of course, by fabled uh, 70s, 80s, and whatever else, DJ Casey Kasem. Uh, and he, in this film, he is a, Shaggy is a strict vegetarian. Casey Kasem insisted that Shaggy become a vegetarian during production of the original show. Although it's not always the case in various spinoffs, because I remember meeting a lot of enormous sandwiches with various meats.
0: Mm. Well, real quick, so eventually Chris Casey Kasem passes away. Do you know who takes over for the voicing of of Shaggy after that?
1: I think actually Matthew Lillard did. Yeah. (laughs) Who plays Shaggy in this movie. Yeah. And you can see why, because we'll get to this... That's one of the, this is one of the best pieces of casting in cinema history. He just friggin' nails it.
0: Yeah, it's, I, I was surprised to find that out. So like He's been voicing him ever since. I think it was 2009 that uh, Casey Kasem passed away, and he's been doing it ever since. <laughs>
1: uh, originally, Matthew Lilliard, to get his voice all hoarse to do Shaggy, would stand and scream at the top of his lungs to make his voice ragged. It didn't work very well, so he started trying to imitate the voice he did when his voice was all tired from the screaming. Right. That worked a little. Also didn't hurt him as badly.
0: Are you saying he was trying to make his voice raggy?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, despite the movie poster of the gang being in front of the shadow of the Luna Ghost, which it is, the villain only appears in the first few minutes of the film. This is because the Luna Ghost was supposed to be the main antagonist in the early draft of the script. Oh. This also explains why the Luna Ghost and that whole sequence is done in about six minutes. Uh, Apparently, Freddie Prinze Jr. hated wearing the trademark ascot that Fred always wore in the original cartoons, and Sarah Michelle Gellar hated wearing Daphne's purple go-go boots and would change into sneakers whenever she was able to. After the filming was over, Freddie Prinze Jr. had to shave his head, because he wasn't wearing a wig. They bleached his hair, and it fried his hair. Sarah Michelle Gellar had to wear a wig because she was still filming Buffy the Vampire Slayer when this movie was made. Hmm. Uh, screen, James Gunn revealed the original, in the original script, Velma was explicitly gay, though the studio decided to water it down to block any references to her sexuality. Some of them were ambiguous and kept and shot, but ended up edited out, <laughs> including a kiss between Daphne and Velma.
0: Well, yeah, but don't we see her basically get a boyfriend? There's a guy, Goo Goo Angs, all over her. Yeah. So I would say that they didn't just cut it out; they changed it utterly.
1: Yeah, and they do in the sequel. They actually she ends up with a boyfriend. She ends up uh, dating Seth, the Seth Green character. <laughs> yeah. What odd children those would be! <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't they though? It'd be funny. Yeah. Uh, the majority of the cast and crew have largely disowned this film and hate it. Oh well, pretty Print. Freddie Prinze Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar didn't like it at all. Sarah Michelle Gellar was asked in an interview which of her films she would her- forbid her children from watching, including "I Know What You Did Last Summer" or "Cruel Intentions." She said, "Scooby Doo." <laughs> yeah. Uh, Linda Cardellini, who plays Velma, was also dissatisfied with the final cut. She thought it was too raunchy for a kids' film. We'll get to Matthew Lillard. Initially, hated the film, but ended up warming up to it. Because his performance as Shaggy was consistently praised, even among critics who hated the film. And it led him to voice Shaggy in the future uh, uh, animated uh, shows. Now, this is, I think, a real shame. Tim Curry was originally offered the role of Emil Mondavarius. He turned it down when he heard, and I could not respect Tim, I thought I could not respect Tim Curry more. He turned down the role when he heard the movie featured Scrappy Doo. <laughs> he hated the character that much. Who didn't? <laughs> he later, he did, however, return to the Scooby-verse as the voice of the titular monarch in Scooby-Doo and the Goblin King. So I guess they couldn't get da- uh, David Bowie.
0: You just wanted to say titular. <laughs> <laughs> titular. <laughs>
1: uh, now,. James Gunn hasn't entirely disowned the film. He has expressed regret in making Scrappy, the main villain of the film, oh, sorry, spoiler, <laughs> after receiving some backlash. Now, this is the part I don't get from the character's fans. Both of them? Scrappy-Doo had fans?
0: <laughs> I was always uh, more of a scooby dumb person myself. There has
1: been a version of Scooby-Doo on TV every decade for the last half century. One thing I also want to point—this came up—I never noticed this. I never—it never occurred to me. As as we all know, and I know Mike knows, a lot of the Hanna-Barbera cartoons had their characters based on sitcom characters, characters from other TV shows. The most obvious, the Flintstones, was clearly the Honeymooners. Uh, Top Cat was Phil Silvers and Sergeant Bilko. In fact, they had a lot of the same actors on the Phil Silvers show who were doing the voices on Top Cat. Yogi Bear is uh, his voice is based on Art Carney doing Ed Norton. The main four characters of Scooby Doo, do you know who they're based on? I actually don't. The many loves of Dobie Gillis. Oh. Yeah. Okay. D- Dobie himself, the blonde, handsome guy, is Fred. The the popular, attractive girl, Thalia, right. is is Daphne. The short, nerdy, dark-haired, hyper-focused girl, Zelda, yep. is Velma. And the Daffy, uh, Maynard, the, Nick, G. Maynard Krebs. G. Krebs is the Daffy hippie, Shaggy.
0: I would have put the Warren Beatty character as Fred more than Dobie. He, um, was, yeah,
1: he, was, a, he was a regularly occurring, but he wasn't the main cast. No. Yeah. I don't
0: think he lasted past the first season or something, yeah. anyway.
1: That just stunned me. Also, I'd like to point out: not only do Zelda and Velma sound the same, both of them became gay icons.
0: Well, I believe the actress who played Zelda was yeah. gay. Yeah,
1: Sheila, Sheila Cool. She was she was a in the closet lesbian who came out and became a pretty major figure in California politics. Oh. But Velma has always been this sort of uh, gay icon. They believed she was always coded as gay. Even though they've tried in later incarnations of the show to like set up the idea there's romantic tension between her and Shaggy, but you know clearly Shaggy is just in love with Scooby. But
0: <laughs> I would have said food, but okay. I don't think there's any. I mean, it's love, but it's brotherly love. It's okay. Yeah, kids. no, it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, I I would not have got Dobie Gillis from that. No.
1: Joseph Barbera confirmed this in in one of his books. Huh. Apparently originally the the characters were supposed to be the Mystery 5 right. and there were 5 of them uh, and they were based they were basically clones of the archies with right. a dog thrown in.
0: Well, everything's archie.
1: <laughs> but the uh, producers took one look at it and said, "No, go do something else." So the writers were like, "Uh uh Doby Gillis, will do that."
0: <laughs> Cuz that was on the tip of everyone's tongue at that time. That was a very well remembered, no it wasn't.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It did have a comic book.
1: <laughs> so that, that's pretty much all I've got. You got anything you want to add?
0: No, that was a lot of trivia. Yeah, um,
1: there's, that's, yeah. A, there's a lot more than this movie, really, you'd think would generate. So what I
0: really want yes is the plot.
1: <laughs> ah, sure. Because
0: <laughs> you've done it to yourself, again.
1: I did. Zoinks! <laughs> Jinkies! Okay, gang, let's split up! Rut row. Huh, damn, Daphne doesn't really have a catchphrase, does she? Anyway, the original Scooby gang is back, and they're up to their old tricks, stopping crooks and unmasking fake ghosts, except that suddenly, eight minutes into the movie, they're not, as Mystery Inc. suddenly breaks up due to old man stuffin' reasons. (laughs) But... They are reunited to solve a groovy mystery on the very believably named Spooky Island Ooh. when they are hired by the equally believably named Emil Mondavarius, played by Rowan. How did it come to this, Atkinson? <laughs> to investigate creepy goings on and scary hijinks at the world's most poorly conceived resort. <laughs> this is, by the way, a real resort.
0: Wait, wait, it's, wait! It, it, Spooky Island.
1: No, it's got another, It's got it's uh, got some very long, strange name. It's in Australia. Oh, yeah. Uh, the plot thickens, which isn't to say it ever gets terribly dense. <laughs> Everybody says their catchphrases, except Daphne, who, as mentioned earlier, doesn't have one.
0: I thought her catchphrase was "Ah."
1: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> ghosts are revealed to be, huh, kind of actual ghosts. We actually get a supernatural plot with a lot of mi- mystical equivalent techno babble involving a bargain basement Hellraiser puzzle box and a villain who turns out to be one of Hanna Barbera's most Jar Jar Binksian characters ever. Is this the end for Mystery Inc., or will everyone live to enjoy Scooby Snacks another day? Zoinks, Scoob. Zoinks, everyone. <laughs>
0: Thank you, yeah. Tiny Tim. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Soaks bless us, everyone.
0: Yeah, yeah. The Lowdown. Um, so, Max, I'm going to yeah. ask our usual question. Did you see this when it came out in the theater?
1: I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't remember this movie terribly well. Really? I don't think I did. Oh. I think I saw it on video, but mm. I'm not positive. Did you? Yes. (laughs)
0: Uh. (laughs) I am a Scooby-Doo purist, which is a really sad thing to even claim to be. (laughs) Um, I only like the first two original seasons of Scooby-Doo, not least of which yeah. because they changed the voice for Velma, and I never liked the change for voice for Velma. Apparently yeah. they changed the voice for Daphne, but hey, nobody noticed.
1: Not. Hey, that The first two seasons were the only seasons of Scooby-Doo Where Are You, which right. was the first show. Yeah. But I
0: did watch as a kid, I did watch the new <laughs> Scooby-Doo movies with Adam's Family, Batman, yeah. which, which was Three interesting because Casey, Casey Kasem did the voice of Robin. Um, Yeah, it was
1: also awkward when they would meet up with Josie and the Pussycats, because Casey Kasem did the voice for Alex.
0: Right. Um, And Davy Jones, because, you know, he was... Davy Jones turned up in lots of weird things, because he was free. But at least he's not Sugar Ray, who I think is just as confused at being in this film as we are for them being in it.
1: Yeah, Um, there's a weird... I don't know, would you call it a cameo? They. I they guess. do a whole musical number in the middle of the movie at a pool party for no reason at all.
0: Well, I'm guessing it was supposed to harken back to those weird musical interludes in, like, the second season of Where Are You and the Scooby-Doo movies, yeah. if they had a musical guest, um, yeah, I guess. But it's like, literally, they're walking around, and they just walk in front of Sugar Ray, and Mark McGrath starts, you know, mugging for the camera, although he still looks kind of confused, like, wait, wh- why... Well, this is there, adding to our credibility, right?
1: <laughs> it, and it's so strange to have a character in a Scooby-Doo movie who you know is he's called DJ Homicide. <laughs> that just doesn't really fit.
0: But, yes, I did see it when it came out. And I remember actually somehow, you know, in some way enjoying it, Yeah. I guess. Um, how about you? You said you don't remember seeing it in the theater.
1: I remember. No, I saw it, I think, on, the, on VHS or DVD or something when I first saw it. And yeah. Actually, 2002, where was it? No, I might have actually seen it in the theater. And the main thing I remember about whatever I saw it was I was so impressed by Matthew Lilliard. Yeah. I thought it was like, wow, this guy really nails the character. He gets the voice, the mannerisms, and he throws himself into it.
0: He does, and he's honestly about as perfect as you're ever going to get. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the acting. Uh, I just oh said dear. Matthew Lillard is, is, near perfect. Uh, yeah. I went back and yeah, I had to force myself to watch some original Scooby-Doo, which I don't <laughs> happen to own all of for the first two uh-huh. seasons and haven't watched many times since then, because I don't know, there's something just, I don't know. I like Scooby-Doo.
1: Okay. <laughs> no, I don't well, even Clearly need you're not alone because Scooby-Doo has apparently incredible <laughs> staying power. I've told you. There, there's been a version almost constantly.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I couldn't tell you, I know I like, I remember watching it when it was originally on. I would have been four, but I remember watching Scooby-Doo and I remember loving that they made new ones. Um, I, I don't know why. I like, it's the most yeah. predictable cartoon ever. It's always exactly who you think it is. It's never a real ghost. There's always a mask and it was meddling yep. kids. Yep, um,
1: yep, always. But I mean, this last year, there was a Scooby-Doo movie called Scoob. Sure. <laughs> which was an animated one where they're trying to establish the Hanna-Barbera-verse. <laughs> yeah, because the, Sco- yeah, the Scooby gang teams up with Blue Falcon and Dynamut, going up against Dick Dastardly, and a bunch of other characters show up. They're clearly trying to get say it's something going.
0: Well, as a little side piece, Scooby-Doo was so popular... Hanna-Barbera would not leave that format alone, and they would go on to make, I have a list here,
1: Josie and the Pussycats,
0: the Pebbles and Bam Bam show, the Pebbles, Dino and Bam Bam segments on the Flintstones comedy show, the Funky Phantom, Speed Buggy, Genie, Jabberjaw, (laughs) the Amazing Chan and the Chan Clan, I'm sorry, the Amazing Chan and the Chan
1: Chan, Chan Clan.
0: Inch High Private Eye, Goober and the Ghost Chasers, Clue Club, which I'd never heard Uh, of, Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids, and the last but probably least, the new Shmoo. All of these were mystery (laughs) shows.
1: Yeah, and they were all the same basic (laughs) format.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we watched them all, but the only one we really remember... Actually, no, I remember Charlie Chan. I went back and watched it.
1: Yeah. yeah, Yeah, you could not... And it's racially sensitive. Oh God!
0: (laughs) Because of course, Charlie Chan has never been played by anyone of Asian descent ever. Nope. Not even when he was in Murder by Death, and it wasn't even Charlie Chan. It still wasn't. No,
1: Sidney Wang. Sidney Wang. Peter Sellers.
0: Yeah. Although his son was played by somebody of Oriental or Asian descent. We can't even use that word Oriental because it doesn't mean anything. Um. I will have to say though the actors in this film, apart from whoever's doing Scooby, who does fine. Scooby's yeah, he's all right. He's fine, uh, and Matthew Lillard, who's doing Shaggy, have a really thankless task because the only yeah. two characters in the original cartoon that have any personality at all are Shaggy
1: and Scooby. Velma. Velma does. Has, Yeah, I was going to say Velma has a bit of a personality, but you're right. I, also, I, I'm sorry. I, I always liked Velma because she was smart, except. Right. All her intelligence literally was in her glasses, because when right. they'd fall off, she, it's not just she couldn't see, she couldn't think. Right. It'd always be like she'd be touching a suit of armor and go, oh, it's you, Shaggy. Yes, Apparently, oh, you're feeling
0: thin, I should make you drink this castor it, oil. or Exactly. <laughs> which I like just happen to have.
1: And one of the <laughs> problems is Velma is played by Linda Cardellini, who is, I'm sorry, just way too beautiful to be Velma. Velma was supposed to be sort of plain, average-looking. Linda Cardellini is friggin' gorgeous. And they try to downplay it in that bulky orange sweater and then they put her in that outfit for like yeah. two scenes <laughs> that they don't really explain why she's in this outfit. So they change clothes. Oh, clothes, I think a short... there's
0: two reasons.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 short skirt, very plunging neckline and it's like, is there anyone else on screen at the moment? I don't think so.
0: Va, 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 Velma! Yeah, um, yeah, that, yeah.
1: then she's just st- stunning and then immediately goes back to being standard Velma outfit. It, it it's kind of it takes you out of it a bit as much as you get drawn into this at all, but poor look Freddie Prinze Jr. and Sarah Michelle Gellar. This is these are not Lawrence Olivier and Vivian Leigh right here. These, no, they're not spec. They're not great actors, but they're okay. I, they're and they have parts. nothing. They no. really are. They trot with Fred. At least they kind of try to make him more of a comic figure, like you know, absurdly overconfident and vain. Traits he did not have in the cartoon. In the cartoon, he has even less personality. Right. But poor, but Daphne is a placeholder. But Daphne is there to, I'm sorry, she was there to stand there and look pretty.
0: And, you know, the whole deal about her always getting into trouble, that was true. She did, you know, they even call her danger prone Daphne in the original cartoon. Um, And that's fine. Uh, But they try to make it, you know, so that she's going to work against that. And now she's, you know, taking Kung Fu. Sure she has. um, Oh, she's had all
1: the training as Buffy. There's one sequence where she basically turns into Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. When she's fighting a luchador. Yeah, because... Let's get... We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so the acting...
0: Yeah. You know, the acting is mostly thankful thankless... Until yeah. you get to Rowan Atkinson... And I gotta say... Oh, Lord. In general, when you get a British actor... Often, specifically, a comedic actor... You suddenly realize... How bad the rest of the, whatever it is, TV show or movie is, yeah. because you've got this person who can honestly outshine anything to do with the rest of the cast, except for Matthew mm. Lillard. I wouldn't yeah. put him on the level of Rowan Atkinson, but oh. he's so delightful as Shaggy, you don't really compare them, but Rowan Atkinson is toning it so far down, I swear oh, he yeah. must have had a few drinks before he went on on screen.
1: Yeah, They seriously, George Lucas, his performance, I mean, he's supposed to, like, no, no, more wooden, less personality. When he's turning sort of villainous, yeah. he gets to have a little more fun, and again, then he's actually, it's like, wow, I never thought Rowan Atkinson could be menacing, Yeah, but he actually can, but again, totally wasted. You know who else is wasted in this? Someone I bet you didn't even know is in this and may not even know the name, Isla Fisher. Oh, yeah, she plays who? Mary Jane. <laughs> she plays Mary Jane, which again the, and there's we'll get the to pot the, reference. That's one of the two. The, the other one we'll get to. This she plays Mary Jane again. No, she who has nothing to do. Isla Fisher is really funny. She is a really funny comic actress. You can see her in uh, uh, Wedding Crashers. She's in um, Now You See Me. She, she's really funny. She's really good, and she gets nothing to do in this. No, it's really kind of a shame. Um, um, oh, yeah, the, the stoner references to Shaggy because, you know, that's been a running gag for 50 years. And obviously, why why were they so hungry all the time? Because they were stoned. Right. And they start off at one point when the. After Mystery Inc. has been broken up for two years, you see the outside of the mystery machine and there's smoke coming from it. And, and Sco- Scooby and Shaggy are giggling. You don't see them. And Shaggy is talking about, oh, talk about toasted. It's like, uh-huh, there's. And they're toasting hamburger buns and...
0: But but they're for eggplant burgers
1: or something Yes, they're eggplant burgers with chocolate sauce and hot sauce.
0: I gotta tell you, they did not make Shaggy a vegetarian in the original cartoon, because at least one episode I was watching last night, he was having liverwurst a la mode.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They do in this keep up that whole shtick of not only do they love food, but they love food in the most disgusting combinations you can imagine.
0: Yeah. Um... Let's and, get, and
1: oh yeah, and they're playing past the duchy on the left hand side in the background.
0: Well it's actually so it's I think the word is actually "dutchup," and it's actually refers to a pot that you cooked. I think it was a stew. Yeah, I in. know,
1: but for but ever but everyone yeah. assumed for years that it was a song about weed.
0: Well, luckily musical That's youth the, went away, so we couldn't ask them. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um the next actors we're gonna bring up, I would like to bring up, are the CG actors. Scooby. Oh, this is a big thing. You're making Scooby-Doo, quote-unquote, real for this first time. Yeah, and it mostly works. It's not bad. It's It's not not too bad. Great, but it's uh, considering he's in almost every shot. The actors work well with him. He's not so weird-looking as to not be Scooby-Doo. I didn't think he was a a, a perfect representation, but Mm -hmm. you're turning this very 2D and quite honestly low-budget cartoon character into you know, this 3D thing, and it has to work, and it mostly does. The problem is, every other CG character in this film does not work at all.
1: Oh, the monsters especially, which look like... How did I... I, I have it in my notes here. How do I describe them? Like
0: Stretch Armstrong left out in the sun.
1: Pink, pink demon bunny kangaroo jack skellingtons. Yeah, they I mean, they kind of look like the thing from Donnie Darko dipped in glitter. i, I They really... Really don't work,
0: and what else doesn't work on many levels? Scrappy do, he never. Get, let,
1: let, let's get well, to that. Just, but yeah, he looks, visually, looks terrible. Just yes, visually, he looks like bad. He,
0: the, he doesn't look cute ever. Like he's supposed to be cute. That was one of the idea reasons they brought that horrible thing in, and all these other sc- uh, Scooby Dumb, and I forget the Scooby
1: D. Scooby D. That's right. Who for some reason was the only? Yeah, Scrappy and Scooby D. Were the only ones who didn't have speech impediments.
0: I would like to ask you, Max. Are you in fact? down with Scooby-D? I always wonder. (laughs) No! I am not. Um, I I don't know why the CG... And again, it's not great, but it works. I think Scooby works, but the other ones are just awful.
1: Yeah. Um, And, by the way, one of the reasons they say Scooby worked so well, or as far as the way the other actors uh, interacted with him, the guy who did the voice for Scooby, Neil Fanning, was on set every day. He didn't just record his lines. Oh. He would stand there and and recite them so they had someone to interact with. And I think that's one of the reasons.
0: So he pulled a Charles Fleischer, okay.
1: Yeah, and he didn't have to. They told him, you know, you can just do this in the sound. He said, no, I, I think it'll work better.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, uh one of the things I would like to point out, this film that does not work well compared to the original show is too, way too much of it takes place during the day. Um, Scooby-Doo, even when it was supposed... Like, there was one where they're at the beach. (laughs) It is the dreariest day ever. Everything in Scooby-Doo, the original cartoon, except for the characters, is in some form of gray. Yeah,
1: it's all washed out. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it is just not there's no pleasure and interestingly one of the people who did a lot of the background stuff for the original scooby-doo was a guy named walt paragoy and he was a major colorist at the disney studios and he worked on big films such as uh sleeping beauty and i think he was actually the main art director on 101 dalmatians and i don't know what happened that he ended up doing scooby-doo but I think he's responsible for a lot of that dreariness. But, uh, you know, they're in Australia. You're not going to go to Australia and film it at nighttime. Well, you'd be, what's you'd thought That's no point in that. Yeah. But it just doesn't feel like Scooby-Doo if it's all bright and cheery. It needs to have The colors
1: sp- are way too bright in this yeah. movie. All of them are. Even the clothing.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it, it, yeah, the, that, sort, that part of the visual just, just doesn't really work. Yeah. You know, one uh, of the, you know what the other thing it's a it's a little thing it only happens a couple of times but it really took me out of it Scooby-Doo doesn't bark Oh yeah he never he never barks in any version I've ever seen of the cartoon Oh yeah he does and he barks in this
0: He does bark in the cartoon it's, He does Yes it's not a good bark yeah. but he does bark It's really he like actually Row,
1: Row, like, Okay but he sounds like a cartoon dog in this he sounds like an actual dog they actually mm. use a dog bark
0: yeah, that was Don and Messick. It
1: doesn't fit. It doesn't work. Don
0: Messick was one of the two major voice actors for Hanna Barbera. Uh, if you ever watched Yogi Bear, Snagglepuss, Huckleberry Hound, you anything. If there were two male actors, it was generally yeah. Dawes Butler or Don Messick. Yeah. And the range those guys had was astounding. Dawes Butler you hear of here and there, not as much as Mel Blanc, but yes. um, Don Messick you don't hear about as much, and Don Messick was amazing. Uh, all sorts of different voices that he used yeah. to do. Um, and there was something kind of fun about the fact that even as a kid I knew there was only like, you know, if there was a woman, up, oh, get Gene Vanderpil back over here, when she's <laughs> done doing Wilma, come over here and do this bear, because, yes. uh, you know, they didn't have many oh. people to do it.
1: I do want to say one thing. I, I mentioned Linda Cardellini. I thought she was too too pretty to be Velma. Whatever she may look like, she nails the voice. She does. She Although, sounds just like Velma.
0: Did you get a little bit of a Janine Garofalo sort of feel from her? A which little was bit.
1: Good. Yeah, it did. By the way, Janine Garofalo was orig- was uh, approached to play Velma. I can totally see that. I could. That would have been. It would have been totally different. But I think that would have worked really well.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's move on to other parts of this movie. Um, yeah. There's this... They're, so they're, they don't say where they're going, where Spooky Island is. We don't know that it's Australian. Nobody has an Australian no. accent. Nope. But then they have this musical number. And I'm watching this musical number, and it's native-inspired.
1: Is this and the I, one, the, the night show? Sure. The, 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 yeah, okay. And I
0: said that the floor show is racially, racially insensitive but I can't tell to whom.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the the guy the bald guy who's supposed to be the you know, presiding over it and I'm going, "Oh, he's a voodoo per- wait, no he isn't." No. I don't know what he is and why is his his sidekick a Mexican luchador. Again, I
0: the whole thing felt like we we're making kind of fun of but I nobody in particular. So I was like it's not a good thing, but I still don't know who you're insulting. And then we do have one guy who is actually supposed to be a voodoo inexplicably. He's just off and he doesn't work there, as far as
1: you can no, tell. No, he, he just has hanging a out hunt. on the beach. He has so a hut is... and he's a voodoo priest. Except he sounds like he's from you know Los Angeles.
0: Well, I was, my, my thought was here's this nice black man who has to be a voodoo priest who sounds like a sassy black woman.
1: Y- yes, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. He's just
0: yeah, it's it's that's I thought was unnecessary because of course he's basically the only black character in the film.
1: Yeah, he um, also is completely irrelevant to the plot.
0: Yeah, he's just there to be funny. Ha. ha. Um and there are attempts at comedy.
1: <laughs> they do try. I um, mean, I they one or two things that kind of made me smile. There's a scene where they switch bodies. A completely uh, pointless sequence, but it is kind of funny to watch Sarah Michelle Geller pretend to be Freddie Prinz and kind of. Freddie Prinz pretend to be her kind and of. so forth. But it does yeah, it goes on too long. And by I'm, the way, it's only about a minute long. It's still way too long. It has no point in being there. The funniest thing in this movie is the training film. They oh, run for into the- Yeah, they apparent the the sinister plot, which they think it's a cult, but it turns out they're Having these demons somebody is the, the the mastermind is having these demon ghost monster thingies possess the bodies of American teenagers because they use the body to shield themselves from the sun because if they get hit by sunlight they they break out in what appear to be solar powered zits and I believe explode. what you meant to
0: say was they
1: burst into flame yes, <laughs> yes they jackie Stewart all over <laughs> the place yeah and, uh, reason. but they don 't know how to uh how to act so this Film is supposed to be teaching them how to act like 2000, basically like millennials. Yeah. It's... And that's the funniest part of the movie.
0: When you said that this original cut of this film was rated R, I mean, I had notes in there like, who is this movie for? Because you get times you will do an adaptation of a kid's thing, and there'll be jokes in there for the parents, and they're usually. Yeah just sort of, they reference things that ki- adults would understand and laugh at, but kids wouldn't. Animaniacs was about probably the best at this. The things yeah. they would do that kids would not get at. Like, but they would reference things like, you know, Anastasia and... Obscure
1: and, joke. Ask your parents. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's like, that's good. Here, at one point, Scrappy-Doo pees on somebody.
1: Uh, yeah. And
0: Fred confronts him saying, it wasn't an accident. You're marking your territory because he pees on yeah. Daphne.
1: So yeah. apparently
0: his romantic rival for Daphne is Scrappy-Doo.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, Which, I, I do. Did you catch the little throwaway line of Velma's that Scrappy wasn't actually a puppy? He had a glandular condition.
0: Yeah. Well, and how about the co- the comment is, you don't have the scrote for this. Oh, They're geez. referencing a scrotum yes. and a, spook- a Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs>
1: In this same, not that far off, there is an entire sequence where Scooby and Shaggy are having a gas off. (sighs) Okay. I know (laughs) you were probably peeing yourself watching.
0: (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Yeah. In general, whenever that (laughs) ban was lifted and we can do potty humor, in general, I hate it. I don't think it's Uh funny. They do it in these horribly... Obvious and just like we can fart now, yay! And it's just it doesn't make me laugh. And I started watching this and go, Oh God, here we go. We're doing gas humor. And I actually wrote, Oh boy, a gas blowing contest. And then it started to be funny. And I can't help oh, it. I laughed. I, yes, I
1: am. See, when I was dumb. watching that, I thought, Okay, this is a scene for the kids. This is because <laughs> kids, as, as George Carlin says, kids think f- farts are funny as hell. You know, farts are poop without the mess.
0: I'm not saying it was good, please. But I did laugh because, again, Matthew Lillard's totally into it. And he's lifting his leg and he's making the faces. I honestly think he had fun somehow. It looked like he did. The one person in the entire film who's enjoying being there is probably Matthew Lillard.
1: Yeah, Um, I think so.
0: And, you know, so well, we'll get to this part where we get to your questions. There's things they do to try and update Scooby-Doo that really just are annoying. And one of the most annoying to me, although it's literally two seconds, is let's get jinky with it.
1: Uh, oh, uh, God. Uh, uh, I, I uh, have that in I have in my notes. Let's get jinky with it. Kill me.
0: Yeah, just don't do that. Uh,
1: that's you just, know, yes.
0: So One of the reasons that Scooby-Doo works or worked, whatever, however you feel about Scooby-Doo. Uh. <laughs> do tell us, write us and tell us, how do you feel about Scooby-Doo? Is <laughs> do you there do the
1: do? Yes. There is an
0: innocence to it, and there, there kind of has to be, because if there isn't, all you're doing is poking fun, at and that, that can last for a movie at best, and usually about ten minutes at most. Um, I, you know, don't update it, don't make it... Don't you know? I don't have the mystery ink crew doing hip hop, please. Or um, if
1: you do, lean into it, go all right. the way. Yeah. You, you know, there was a comic book uh, which was basically Scoop, the Scooby Gang in a zombie apocalypse, and it kind of works.
0: Yeah. And
1: I'd, the only gag that almost worked was Melvin Dew. I, I, I have at the ear. What happened to Melvin?
0: Melvin There's a joke. D. I have
1: a call, phone call for Mister Dew. Oh right. Scooby looks over and some guy sends up the uh, Melvin do? Like, no, Scooby-Do. Oh. <laughs> and he that somehow comes up again later, and it's like, okay, that almost could have been funny.
0: Yeah, like last night's Chud Casserole. Um yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking we might want to get to our talking points, our questions, because yeah. they're sure. important.
1: <laughs> they are. And they they do fit.
0: Does this movie this is we're talking about Scooby Doo yeah. the movie? Yes. Capture the feeling of its source material.
1: Sometimes. I think some of it does. Like the opening sequence with the uh, Lunar Ghost, it's very cartoony and it's very much like the old show. Right. Most of the rest of it, I would say no. Right. What about well, you?
0: That first six minutes is fine. Yeah. And then they suddenly, oh, you know, I'm tired of all you people. I'm quitting. Wait, wait, huh? Huh?
1: Yeah, that comes out of nowhere. There was nothing earned about that. There was nothing foreshadowed. It doesn't work.
0: I think the opening part where they actually have the plan where I pull the rope and then the washing machine flies in and blah, blah. (laughs) Exactly out of a Scooby-Doo cartoon. Yeah. In general, though, I'm actually going to whittle it back down. And I'm going to say the only thing that feels like the cartoon is Scooby and Shaggy. Maybe yeah. a little bit of Velma. Mostly because I like her performance. Yeah. But they force her into places she doesn't need to be. Like when she's no. like, well, I'm quitting. And no, I quit first. Or
1: when she gets drunk. Yeah. That really did, first off, what a lightweight. She had like a sip of a cocktail. And suddenly she's sprawling all over this guy giggling.
0: Well, Max, she's a cartoon. <laughs> they can't hold their liquor. You know that. I guess
1: I guess that's true. <laughs> we all know what happens when you give Roger Rabbit a drink. But right. uh,
0: I, yeah, I I like her performance, but she doesn't, she feels very much like a tongue-in-cheek version, and I think they could have kept her the way she was and she would have been fun, but um, yeah, I'm just going to go with Shaggy and Scoob. The rest of the movie, really, no, because it can't decide whether it's trying to do it seriously or if it's trying to poke fun at it, you know?
1: You can tell there were a lot of (laughs) rewrites. It really feels like something that just got sliced and diced.
0: Yeah. Does this movie respect its source material?
1: Kind of. I mean, it's certainly aware of it. There's a lot of, I mean, they're very aware of the original show.
0: Mm, Scooby-Doo was a show that happened. Mm. (laughs) That's the
1: executive. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I think they may have started out respecting it. I, I think, again, pieces of it, I think respect hits it accidentally here and there. Yeah. Overall, no. I'd say no.
0: I think that the R-rated version, the original script, I think that's what they were going for. They were trying to make fun of it. They were trying to take these things and warp them into an adult situation. And, you know, apparently they went there. We'll never see it, but apparently they went there. I don't think I want to, but okay. Um, As for respect, again, I'm going to go back to Shaggy and Scooby. You know, Matthew Lillard... I don't think you could have gotten a better live-action Shaggy if you tried. The Scooby, again, I think they did the best they could. In all things considered, it's not bad. But the rest of it, for one thing, there's no mask at the end except for Scrappy-Doo, and uh. he's in a robot at Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> I all can yes. do is feel the relief of Rowan Atkinson when that mask <laughs> comes off. He's like, ah, oh, good, I can leave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But there's a, they're not supposed to be real. That's the whole thing. There's no such things as ghosts. That's the whole tenet of the show, if you want to use the word although, tenet. Although that changed
1: do. over time. So a lot of, at least for the, the movies, there were supernatural creatures they ran into.
0: I am a purist, and oh, no, yes. there weren't. <laughs> <laughs> so, I no, I definitely think their idea was to make fun of the source material. So, I'm going to go yeah. with no. Um, yes. I think that it, like you said, it happened by accident when they were like, "Oh wait, kids might want to see this because it's based on." A, oh yeah, cartoon, right? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Does this? Oh god, does this movie <laughs> take advantage of the fact that it's a movie and not just an episode?
1: No, I don't think it does. It works on the same like we're in one location for most of the movie. There's no sense of scale, and you're not supposed to have a big scale with uh, Scooby Doo. It, it, the things it does, movie wise. Are all the wrong things? Like, oh, look, we're going to have cameos. We're going to have. We're going to spend a lot of money on really cheesy, tacky-looking sets. Uh, Mm. I'd say no. I don't think they do.
0: Yeah, it's it is a one is a regular episode of Scooby Doo stretched out.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Not particularly well. Um, The only good part is that we. I actually think the only good part of the movie, uh, as far as capturing. Are doing something I wish the original series had done is making Scrappy do the villain. That I think was actually a good idea because yes. I, even as a kid, I hated Scrappy. Uh,
1: I could not stand that character. Happy, oh. Oh, pal!
0: Pow- oh, kill it! Kill it! Kill it!
1: Kill it. <laughs> Flame it with mace! Um, <laughs>
0: And then Scooby, I mean, Scooby-Dum was harmless and just, you know, and I forget, was scooby D. Who was the the girl Scooby-Doo? That was
1: scooby D. That was scooby D. With the the, the southern
0: accent, because sure. Yeah, Um, why
1: not? Didn't, yep, they didn't last, but yeah, all I could think of when they were out was like how Charles Schultz kept bringing in more and more of Snoopy's relatives in Peanuts.
0: Yeah. I did the first two seasons. That's it. That's all you need. The original Scooby-Doo, where are you? That's it. After that, just ignore it. Those are, those are pure. (laughs) <laughs> they're the essence of Scooby-Doo <laughs> I have no idea how you did that opening with a straight face
1: <laughs> wasn't it wasn't easy I couldn't have laughed my ass off I know that didn't help I'm sorry I tried to keep as quiet as I could
0: but yeah. I've gone through most of my notes uh, how about you
1: uh, I got one other that's the ending, the actual little pre credit scene where Scooby and Shaggy are sitting there eating hot peppers, all I can say is, so the movie will end with Shaggy and Scooby shrieking on the toilet all night. <laughs> because they're eating like jars of habanero peppers and you know, sure. the whole flames coming out. It's like, all right, if this was a cartoon, that's one thing, but you're doing it live action, all I can think is, oh, you're in for a bad night, guys.
0: Make a run for the bathroom.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's uh oh yes and i do have a line at one point where you have rowan atkinson rolling his eyes i have rowan atkinson equals entire audience
0: (laughs) yeah are you going to say that the entire audience has more skill and is more adept than anyone in this film
1: pretty much i see except for rowan atkinson
0: (laughs) well then we should get to the end of our film shouldn't we
1: yeah we should
0: the roundup. so max yeah you didn't see it, or you did see it, you don't remember. You saw uh, it again.
1: I, I saw it, I just don't remember what format what uh, format I saw it in.
0: You held it up to the light.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, when I saw it again, I was just blown away by Matthew Lilliard. I thought he did a great job. The rest of it, I don't. I thought was, all right, this is vaguely entertaining.
0: Okay, and what did you and think uh, this time around? Did it change your opinion? I, any?
1: Yeah, I still think Matthew Lilliard does a great job, and I think you're right, the whole dynamic with him and Scoob, is good. I think the movie is terrible. Mm. I think it's uh, it's a little too risque at some points and too dark for children, and it's too stupid for adults. <laughs> I, I think it it needed to pick. What <laughs>
0: Scooby Doo at some point was too stupid for adults.
1: Yes, you heard um, it here first. <laughs> Come on, stupid can be fun. A lot of cartoon, you know, movies that are based on cartoons can be a lot of fun. Even the Rocky and Bullwinkle movie was more fun. That was a surprise. Yeah, but this, because I think they couldn't they couldn't pick a lane. They couldn't pick a speed. They didn't know how they wanted to do it. And they, I'm sure, and they gutted what might have been a more interesting version. They didn't either lean into the original or go hard parody, and as such, they're left with kind of pap. So, no, I, I don't think it worked. Mm. What about you? Uh, I know you. You said you saw it in the theater. You enjoyed Matthew Lillard. How did it hold up?
0: It didn't. Uh, really? Matthew Lillard and the Scooby, uh, Scooby and Shaggy. Uh, it's that they are they are so delightful with each other. And it's obvious, I can't believe I'm saying this, it is obvious that Shaggy really cares for Scooby.
1: Yes, that w- but, but it's true, it's very sweet that way, and it, it is. is innocent, even in this movie, it's innocent. They are just, they're different species but they're brothers you know yeah. they're, like said, and they're, they're upset best. when
0: the gang goes away but honestly I don't know that they're all that upset I mean because they spend two years it's, not with trying to get back they're still together them.
1: it never occurs
0: to them no
1: that they would split up that's just not even an option
0: And even there's a point in the film where somehow, supposedly, it's like Shaggy is choosing his, quote, girlfriend, Mary Jane, snigger, snigger, uh, (laughs) instead of Scooby, and he apologizes. And I swear there's a moment where Scooby's like, wait, you did what? I don't remember that. (laughs) Like, yeah. it was so not even an event. Um, no. It was just that she had been possessed and Scooby was trying to warn him. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, that's, oh, what are you talking about, Scoob? That's it. That There's yeah. no, like, get away from me. You're no friend. There's none of that.
1: No, they, they have a sort of little scrap with each other. But it's just, you get the, it's friends fighting. Yeah. Yeah, it's never a question of, it's not a breakup. No. Um, it's not a third act breakup, which is what I was afraid was going to happen. And, you know, that was the one thing It's like, all right, good. they didn't do that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing about the cartoon is it's not only that it's made for kids, it's also the time. Scooby-Doo was one of the first things, as you pointed out, that uh, Hanna-Barbera was trying to make. Actually, I don't know if you brought this up. Hanna-Barbera was trying to make something that was safer for kids after a big backlash of violence and stuff from the 60s and the beginning of actions of children's Te- Action for Children's oh, Television. Oh, no, I,
1: no, I didn't bring that up yet.
0: Yeah. Um so they were like, well, they can solve mysteries, but nobody can ever get hurt and stuff. So everything had to be a lot more innocent. And Scooby-Doo, if, if it's nothing else, the original cartoon is innocent. There is no hint of any little sly wink-wink jokes for adults. Nobody expected adults to be watching this. I'm sure nobody expected people to continue <laughs> to watch 1969 and 1970s Scooby-Doo well into their 50s. Because um, that's not sad. So that is missing entirely, except for Scooby and Shaggy, and Scooby yeah. and Shaggy's relationship is delightful. The rest of the movie is utter waste of time, uh, and I now know where at least probably 40 million of that uh, budget went. It
1: went to Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> yeah, I assume, and it, it should have. Yeah. Just just to get his name in there. Put, yeah. The, the oddest thing is Scooby and Shaggy, as you say, have the best relationship. They have the best chemistry. Even more. Then the couple that was dating Freddie Prinze and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Yeah. Who would eventually Just marry. <laughs> Fred and Daphne have almost no chemistry in this movie.
0: No. I, I my, my thought was that this whole film was sort of like community theater double dare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, isn't, wasn't meant to be nice. Uh, or there's a lot of the humor sort of watered down Jim Carrey.
1: Um, he was originally considered, by the way, to be shaggy. I see, he wouldn't
0: it. have done it. It wouldn't have worked. No.
1: Wouldn't have worked at all. Um, he would have, he, he would have he, just taken the two over the top.
0: Yeah. So, if you haven't seen Scooby Doo the movie, good.
1: <laughs> it's fine. You're, not, you're not really missing out. And the sequel is, if I recall correctly, even worse.
0: Yeah. But uh, we've now finally.
1: Yes, we have finished. finished. Not for I, I made from TV. Love you. And we are moving into a new series.
0: But before we do that, we would like to go over our poll question one more time. Yes. Max, would you not only go over the poll question, but tell them how, and don't give me any back talk? Tell our lovely <laughs> listeners and non-listeners who wouldn't hear that. Uh, would you tell anybody <laughs> concerned don't. what the poll question is for next week and how they can answer it?
1: Yes, I will. But as first, I want to continue my literary analysis of the no. theme song. <laughs> for when, I will get, beat for you with no, a Scooby we've sack. A, we've got a mystery to solve, so Max. Scooby-Doo get... Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> the, uh, the next poll question is, what historical inaccuracy or inaccuracies in a movie, whether it's narrative, costume-based, technological, or other, just hacks you off like every time you see it? Just really get, annoys you. What is it and what is it about it? Tell us. And you can answer this. You can either go to our website, maxmikemovies.com, and leave a comment. You can email us directly for triple bumpy bucks at us at maxmikemovies.com. And you can find us, of course, on those mediated socialnesses, Facebooks, and the Twitter over at maxmikemovies. And Mike usually posts the the trivia question on the feed. You can uh, respond there, too. Uh, you can also, of course, listen to us on the podcast app of your choice, or even the podcast app that is your mortal enemy.
0: I don't think people but, have podcast apps as mortal enemies, Max.
1: I have several. Okay. <laughs> and we are coming into a new series. Mike, Ooh. tell them what the new series is.
0: Well, if you missed last week's episode, you missed the super special live yes. rolling of the D4, where Max didn't actually drop it on the floor, except he did. Uh <laughs>
1: Can't, so, they can't prove anything. Nothing was recorded.
0: Uh, actually, it
1: The video was, wasn't.
0: That you know of. <laughs> oh, um, and for 50,000 bumpy bucks, I will give you an NFT version of Max dropping <laughs> the D4 on the floor. No, I will. Uh-huh. Um, so, thanks to you, dear listeners and non-listeners alike, uh, we asked, what would you like us to do if we were going to do a podcast series on just one year would you like us to roll dice and choose the year randomly or would you like us to choose a specific year and basically we did both yeah we had four choices we had 1939 1969 1981 and 1999 and thanks to max's brilliant deft rolling of the d4 eventually We will be starting, or actually, we will be making a series on the year 1981, and the series, I believe, is going to be called, so this... That that, That that sure sure was
1: 1981.
0: Yep. Which turned out to be quite a large year for films.
1: Seriously, like way bigger than we thought.
0: I think all the movies came out in 1981.
1: A lot of the movies came out in 1981, and... uh, what, what minor, obscure, little indie art house movie are we starting off with?
0: Oh, you know me too well. Uh, yeah. I, I wanted to look for something, because everyone knows all the big tentpole films, and nobody wants to hear us do the big, everybody oh, wants yeah. to hear us do the big tentpole films. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a film that pr- changed a lot. Uh, It was a a little-known director's first foray into a screenplay written by an even lesser-known screenwriter, uh, bringing up both a brand-new character and one that is uh, very reminiscent of characters from the past. I'm, of course, lying, and the character in question is (laughs) Indiana Jones, in his first reach-out to wreck-and-destroy all sorts of ancient civilizations, (laughs) uh, artifacts, and burial sites, the uh, most wondrous... Thrilling, is it still holding up? Raiders of the Lost Ark. Because so it I, really
1: is an indie film.
0: Yes, <laughs> and get it in indie frail men. That's yes,
1: the indie and in the Indiana. Yeah.
0: Let's just get jinky with it, shall we?
1: Or. <laughs> Never. Scrot, <laughs> Never. Everyone, scrot. <laughs> Scrote, everyone. Scroat! Scroat!